um, to where like he definitely brought us through some difficult times to, to convince us like you do not keep yourself here when you look around you know where this blessing came from you are not your source you don't maintain this I, I have a responsibility of stewardship I'm not confused about that um, but I don't I do not keep my family safe I, I, I go forward with whatever the next job is but um, it is not to make sure that we are forever protected and cozy um, there, there's there's a weird way that like there's there's a lot of this American dream that we are experiencing and but it's not something that you know I got there because I made sure that I would get there it it a lot of it feels just this day-by-day -day thing where suddenly I find myself kind of like college like I, I didn't make sure that my college was was paid for but the Lord definitely did and I can't I can't give anyone else credit because nobody else knew the needs that I had and nobody else knew what we were looking for with the house and like it is simply that it is a um, it is a it is an absolute gift Hi there, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. You know that last week we uh, started a conversation with Lugie Regeer, and uh, he's back, so we could finish this up. Maybe. We'll see if we finish it up. Uh, if not, that's fine. We'll go for three. Uh, but anyway, really appreciate Lugie spending the time. Lugie, how are you? I'm doing well. It's this good. is a fun privilege. Uh, good. It's good to have you back. I appreciate you doing this. Lugie works all day, and uh, then he shuts it down, jumps in the car and uh, runs out here and what is it about 20 minute drive yeah maybe if that yeah so i appreciate him doing that so anyway so uh Lugie, we were talking uh, in the last episode and just uh, you know your emphasis you know just talking about you know just how the lord's worked in your life where he's taken you and what he's been working in your heart and 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 i guess just basically what he's been doing is is showing you his sovereignty and you know and and you've been challenged as to whether or not you're going to abide and and just let let, let Christ work his life in you would that be would that be pretty accurate yeah i think it's it is very much a just an ongoing dialogue where um whatever is is happening in a given day it really is something that the lord is has either caused or he has allowed and um a lot of it is is not so much that things go wrong but that i will go wrong with them that mm -hmm. i've got expectations and i'm projecting the way that i understand how things might go well if they go this way and that way and a lot of it is just me having to sometimes come to the end of those expectations and then take that back to the lord and say well what was it that i actually thought needed to happen and why am i so bent out of shape and and recognizing that he is at work mm. and that's that's something i think especially over the last couple of years um that's changed because we we moved from being basically in a suburban area to rural and now we've got more property to take care of and the days are longer and we we get up earlier and a lot of that is just there's a there's a physical level of of work and tiredness mm. that means that like suddenly i don't have the same ability and and reserves to just be more patient when stuff happens and um and little things will wear on me more and and, and it's they're, they're all blessings the work is so good but at the same time even though there are more blessings like i there are more 
places to have to trust him now mm. as as the as the work has increased and and the responsibilities um which are amazing privileges but it is it is absolutely still seeing him continuing to be faithful in in new ways and that's 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 i think a a real real important thing because it is a um it is not trusting him for whatever he did years ago Mm. but having to trust him for right now yeah i think that's uh, and that's an important thing for us as believers to to grasp on to you know so often being you know working with people like i have for 30 years one of the one of the big things people will come and talk to me about is whether or not i'm saved Mm-hmm. And you know, we, so we sit down and we talk through it, and and I find that a lot of believers, their their frustration with not knowing that they're saved, really, when it comes down to it, they're frustrated with themselves. Yeah, and and I remember telling you know one person that one time, and and just watching the light go off, you know, I said, listen, listen to yourself, you're frustrated with you. Yeah, and he says, yeah. Yeah, you're you're frustrated with the right person. Yeah. Now you need to be encouraged with the right person. Yeah. And don't know, stop there. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's part. That's half of it. That's yeah. you're in, you're in a great spot, but you have to continue that thought. Right. Because you, you know where uh, th- there's nothing good in me that is in my flesh. Yeah. You know the wishing is present, but the doing the good is not. Yeah. And, and but but Paul goes on. With that, you know, and I'm so thankful that Paul said that too. You know, the, the same guy that says for me to live is Christ, I can do all things through him yeah. who strengthens me. <laughs> it's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah, I appreciate that because he goes on, he says, Now, listen, there's nothing good in me, there's a struggle here. Though, yeah. though Christ is my life, there is a struggle, but the struggle is me. Yeah, and he goes on and says, You know, oh, wretched man that I am, you know, who will rescue me? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus. Yeah, you know. So uh, there's uh, Hebrews says says it this way: be fixed on Jesus, and that's why we always end our podcasts with that reminder. Mm-hmm. You know, be fixed on Jesus. Don't be fixed on the problem. Don't be fixed on my failure to live the Christian life. Be fixed on Christ, who is that life. Yeah, and I think in that, like recognizing that, like. Are there times when I struggle and fail? Absolutely. Well, what does that prove? Jesus isn't big enough. No, it proves that I am still in need. Mm. That that having been saved, I haven't been transformed into omnipotence, mm. but I remain the way that He has made me. And there's so much where, like, there is there is the there is the evil in the world, and there are there are temptations that I yield to sometimes in impatience or whatever it is. But then there also there are there are crafted weaknesses that the Lord has given me mm. that He is fully aware of, and He never means to remove those. Mm. And I think the 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 kind of shocking realization there is that. Even in glory, I will still be incompetent in those ways mm. because they are part of his plan. And that's, that's, some of that is, is physically and emotionally and, and like there, there is a, there's a crafted need that, um, that we are all born with that is there for the purpose of him filling that. Mm. And I remember, and, and this is something that, 
I think a lot of times, just in the day-to-day, it's, it is exposed of how we need Him, but we don't always realize it until we've, we've wrestled and struggled with right. a while. And until we've convinced ourselves by our, our own efforts, um, I, I can remember a hundred years ago when I was on staff here, um, of, of the hats that I had, I was the office tech guy, and um, I was also responsible for refueling vehicles for community outreaches. And there was one blessed day where I had to wrestle with the new multifunction printer. And it was, it was a real struggle for me that day. Mm-hmm. Because it was this contrast of like, well, what do you do? Well, I, I take care of the computer things. Good. Then you're competent at it. <laughs> and here comes printers to to show me of how much I need Jesus, right? Like, and this 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 silly sentence of like, I need Jesus for printers. Mm-hmm. That like, scripture doesn't talk a lot about that, <laughs> but it's so true because here is this Windows office-based printer, and all of the computers in the office are Macs. Mm -hmm. And the significance is, well, who cares? Windows and Mac have different bases, and so this Linux-based Apple computer, it expects forward slashes where the other one expects backslashes, and so I'm having to remap all this different stuff, and it's this it's this control panel where you have to manually touch screen, push all these buttons. And every single time you push one character, it beeps. And I'm having to set up these, these network paths. And so some of these are like 30 characters long and it's beeping at me every single one. (laughs) Beep, 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 beep. And in the middle of that, I'm having to stop and I'm having to go get vehicles and fuel. And I'm just so frustrated because this thing isn't working as smoothly as I want. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to get this done better. And it's embarrassing because it's not going the way that I expect. And, and the, the real blessing was the additional task of having to go and refuel vehicles because there were times where you're just waiting for gas to go into a tank. And I'm just sitting there thinking. And it struck me that like I, I do spend a lot of time between my own ears just in thought. And all that means is that I spend a lot of time thinking, but it doesn't mean I ever get anywhere. It doesn't mean that I'm good at thinking. It just means I spend a lot of time in my own head circling the bowl, just going around yeah. and around and around, and I struggle and I analyze and I dissect things, but oftentimes I don't make progress because these these things are often there just to expose that, like, yeah, even for this thing, that's part of your job description that you should be able to do. You need Jesus That's for right. this. Yeah. And that was a it, it ended up being a a a much better day mm-hmm. because I suddenly realized like I I still may not get this thing done. It's still my job. Yeah. But to understand that like I have Christ even for this. Yeah. And I wasn't planning to need him for this. And that doesn't change the fact that he's still faithful. He knew. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You know, I, I, I'm convinced that every believer has his or her own thorn in the flesh. Yeah. And we're all having to learn the same lesson that Paul did, that, you yeah. know, that he's, he's using that very thing to drive us to him. Yeah. And, you know, what, you know, only God can do that. You know, we can't yeah. do that. We can't take our failures and make... You know, make something um, eternal out of that. 
Yeah. You know, only only a sovereign God can do that. And so, you know, what a privilege it is to belong to such a God. Yeah. And who is so, and I, I you know, I, I tell people this, that I've, you know, I'm 56 now, and I've come to realize that as soon as you deal with this particular problem, you're going to have to deal with it again. Yeah. You know, because the problem really is your heart. Yep. It's a heart issue. You know, I think about uh, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews talking to, uh, to the believers there. You know, he's, he's, he's frustrated. He's upset with them uh, because there's a temptation to mix the old with the new or to abandon the new and go back to the old. And, and it's just the old is just a shadow. And he tells them in, uh, in chapter 3 that this is the problem that the Israelites had in being saved from Egypt mm-hmm. to live in the rest of of Canaan. And he says, your heart is not right. Yeah. And then he goes on chapter four and says, now look, be careful. The same thing's not true of you, that your heart's not right. And it's it's always a heart issue. Yeah. And that, that realizing that that transformation has taken place, that I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, Mm. but Christ lives in me. That is, that is something that I, I aspire to experience that every day, but I cannot make myself do that. It, it still requires a real and living Jesus right now mm. to, to reveal himself to me. And, um, and there's so many times when there's something that I'm going through and I'm having to be patient and I'm having to wait, and I think, okay, I get it. This is the same thing that we've gone through so many times, Lord, and I know I need to trust you. Okay, quit. Now, having said that, now I have learned, and now you need to remove the problem. Yeah, right. Because now I'm ready to move on, <laughs> and basically, it's like, I'm tired, and I don't want to hear this. Yeah. And, and he, at that point, is like, no, I, y- you are trying to explain how you are now your own salvation in this, mm. and how your claim at some intellectual arrival is the, is the goal of all this. Mm. But I am the goal. I have mm. given you actual life. I am your real provision. I am your wisdom and your strength. But you are not your strength. Yeah. But you're trying to be, yeah. and you're trying to be sneaky about it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, even even as a Bible teacher, yeah. you know, there's there's been those moments where I, I remember one particular, when we were here on full-time, and uh, living down in the log cabin, I was up till like two o'clock in the morning trying to prepare for the the nine o'clock or the nine thirty class, and I didn't have anything. I was, I've been there before. I yeah. was so frustrated. And, you know, I am working yeah. hard at this. I'm trying to yeah. lay it out. I'm trying to make it make sense. I'm trying to figure out something, and and I just hit that that wall where you just you just get angry mm-hmm. and you go, Lord. Come on. Yeah. What's going on here? I am giving it all I've got. And and the Lord just quietly worked in my heart there. But in uh, you know those those moments where you can hear what the Lord's saying. I had that during student teaching. I had two different experiences that have stuck with me and this is from 2008ish or so where there was there was one evening and and so for for anyone who hasn't gone through having to teach classes there's a there's a 
an effort that goes into the the actual plan lesson plan development and mm-hmm. and approximately if you haven't ever done it before it takes about like seven hours of right. work for one hour of teaching yeah. and just trying to make sure that your thoughts are clear and that there's there's a there's a pattern and you're not just rambling and um and it ends up being it's not heavy lifting, but mentally it is just this marathon of keeping going and, and reviewing and trying to, you know, articulate. And there was one evening where I'm preparing and I'm having a blast. I'm putting things together and I'm I'm feeling so encouraged. And you don't laugh yet. <laughs> and what? illustrations and, you know, I'm writing things down and I'm like, oh, this is a great way to kind of, you know, explain like, what am I talking about here? And I go and I teach the 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 class and it's just it's dry it is it is bone dry and no one's paying attention and and it's just i get to the end of that i'm like but lord like i thought that was going to be great and then i forget if it was before or after there was one of those evenings that i had as well where i just i can't figure out how to put anything together i'm writing paragraphs and i'm erasing them because i'm like this is this is garbage yeah like who did you don't nobody speaks like this don't, <laughs> don't try to talk like this when it's not real you just you're inventing stuff that you don't even agree with here like this is don't waste people's time with what you're writing but but prepare the lesson and i got through it and i just at the end it was just exhausting and i just thought i i, I got nothing and I went, and this is like the, the, the cardinal crime of teaching, is that I showed up that next day and I did not have a lesson. And by the, the grace given to me through the, the, the teacher that I was, that I was partnered with, um, thank you, Umpi, um, provided this lesson plan. And, um, and I, I just, I am browbeaten and I am, I am, I feel like I'm one inch tall with a hat on. Like mm-hmm. I am just so humbled and crushed by this. And so, okay, fine. Like this isn't even my own thing. And I go to teach it and people are asking questions and, and it's one of the best lessons I've ever taught. Mm-hmm. There are, there are kids asking questions as if I have placed them in the audience and cued them with questions. Mm-hmm. So there's this dialogue and, and I, I remember at some point thinking about that lesson that I just completely tanked on the preparation and it went so well. And another one where I just poured all of my heart into it and it just nothing. Yeah. And thinking like, Lord, what, why, why can't you do this all the time? And why was this not acceptable? And him just putting it on my heart of that. That's not really any of your business, is it? Hmm. And yeah, but I want to be rewarded for my effort. And and him reminding me is it's not your effort. You you are you are tempted to take credit when things go well. You are you are oftentimes yeah. tempted to take credit and say, well, that was man, what a good lesson that yeah. I taught. I I wish I could have sat in on that. I'm jealous of the students. <laughs> they could have been looking at me. They could have been listening to me. How amazing am I and me? And it's that that pride. And it's and it's it's the deception of the enemy. Is there's so many half truths in there. Did the Lord speak through me? Yes. Good, but it was the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like he can speak through a donkey. He can well, he can use so many things and and the fact that something is used of the Lord is not a measure of that thing's goodness. That's right. But it is a measure of his ability to redeem. Absolutely. Him. That that's that's and I kind of felt like the donkey that night. Yeah. You know, the Lord's working in my heart and and just asking me these simple questions. Um you know, I'm upset, nothing's coming together. Two o'clock in the morning, um, Kelly, 
Am I sovereign? Yes. So why don't you do something? Yeah. You know, it's like, come on, yes. And and he says, okay, do, do I need you to teach this class? No, you don't. Okay, go to bed. And that was difficult. I thought, oh, I can't go to bed. Yeah. I mean, I don't have this all laid out yet. Yeah. But I knew in my heart I needed to just go to bed. And I walked into that class the morning, the next morning, without a plan. And that was like, okay. And you know, it was it was an it was a, an incredible class. With same that kind of thing with dialogue with the students. Mm-hmm. And I don't really facilitate that a lot in my classes. It just was natural. Um, it was uh, it, it, it it was incredible. Um, I, I've had it happen on several occasions. One time, thirty minutes before class start, starts. Um, this is way back there, you know, when everybody is sharing the same uh, the same program over yeah. the over the network. Yeah. And the, the 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 staff member who's who had the actual program on his computer just turned his computer off, even though there was a, a bubble that comes up and says someone is connected to your computer. Yeah. You know, he says, no, no big deal. He just turns it off. All the notes that I've been working on all afternoon were gone. Yeah. And and I got to teach in 30 minutes. Yeah. And uh, just angry, you know, frustrated. And I'm going back through, and I'm I'm trying to type the notes up by memory. And then I get to the I get to the end of the notes, and I actually type this up because I remembered this is yeah. what I had, a question I had. You know, is your faith in Christ? Yeah. In His lordship, in His enabling, in His ability, or is it in your plan? Yeah. And I remember as I'm typing the end of that sentence, my fingers were slowing down to finish that sentence. And just realizing, you know, what the Lord's doing here. Yeah. That was and, great. And he's so faithful to to kind of confront us with that. Yes. That there are so many things that in my head and in my intellect, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is so true and this is so good. And then he comes along, he's like, that, that is true. You are correct. Now, go and live it. And mm. here's the circumstance that you are going to go into. And suddenly it's this realization of, like, it's not I that live, but right. Christ lives in me. And, right. But then, and, we, and we, we want to own that, but oftentimes in the circumstances where we, we purchase that experience is we are looking at something and we are going, sink or swim, and sink is a very real option right now, Father. Like, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> and, and, and it's exactly that, like, you are a sovereign, and I want it to look different. I, I don't want to feel nervous. I don't want to feel challenged. Or and there's there's all kinds of levels that it can be like inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. There's so many times when I realize that like why am I irate? It's because I am uncomfortable. Right? How dare you, sir? How dare you? I my comfort is is tantamount to like it is my need, and some of it is really shallow, and some of it is just actual exhaustion. I remember so many times when, when the kids were born, where it just it, your life shifts into a completely different schedule, where it is like it is their need that drives when you're awake and when you're asleep, and um, and how often and I mean if 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 I was exhausted, I know my wife was even more so, but how much of in in those times I had joy and it wasn't because i was well rested mm. but it was it was very much the lord mm. bringing about the reality of the promises that he has made mm. and um and and it's not something that well i had i had no kids and now i have some kids and there's no preparation for that but it it doesn't 
it doesn't have to be something that's studied and prepared for. Right. That in in that unknown next thing, that next task of whatever it is, like he precedes us there and he follows us and he he indwells us as we go forward and trust. Mm. And and it is still nerve-wracking because there's a very, very acute awareness of just how much I can't do. And and that really I think does open our eyes to when he works because we're we are so acutely aware of our need that the provision sometimes stands out in these incredible ways that that we wouldn't be willing to to receive if we were more content and more comfortable. Mm. Okay, so you, uh, we talked uh, last time and, and got you through Bible school. Then you went, you left here and you went to college. Yes, uh, three years at uh, at CIU, right? Yes, I was at Columbia International University. So my 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 trick there was all through high school and basically everything before I was twenty. I, I came to know the Lord when I was nineteen, and everything prior to that, I really didn't have any ambition. And it really was receiving the Lord and then coming here and being a student and going through the Word. I loved it. I loved studying like I hadn't loved studying anything before. And the um, the second year was was great. And I realized as that was coming to a close of like, oh no, how do I keep doing more of this? Mm-hmm. And then there was just this thought of like, there are degrees in Bible teaching and you might have to continue studying the Bible in order to complete that degree. And I thought, that's fantastic. Are you kidding? Really? Um, and, um, and my decision-making path was just kind of ridiculous because um, there, were, there were two schools that I was looking at. And it was Moody Bible up in Chicago, and uh, Columbia International University in South Carolina. And so I... Um, asked both of them for some information, and Moody sent me a, a CD full of a bunch of PDF files, and CIU sent me an actual paper catalog thing. Mm-hmm. And it really just came down to, I'm like, I don't want to have to dig through all these like nested PDF folders to try to get it information. And I just loved this calendar, and it was just this simple thing of like, I think I'm going to go to the one that sent me the paper thing. And like, and it was this thing, though, of, of then asking the Lord, and like, is... But is that what I'm supposed to do? Because it is it is that moment in your life where it's just like, hey, whatever you want to spend the next eight, ten years doing, you can become that. Astronaut, gas station attendant, like and and for being a young man who suddenly discovers ambition, realizing like there's there's a there's kind of a, a tipping point in my life now of of what is it that I'm going to spend this this time doing. And, and just taking that to the Lord and, and saying, should I do this? Like, it's, it's on paper, it's a great idea, and it's like super spiritual, and it's going to be all that. And, 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 but, like, is this really what you do want me to do? I, I, can, I can make arguments for why going to a Bible college and getting a degree in Bible teaching, why that's a good idea. But, but is it what you want, Lord? I don't want to just project that because I've come up with a good idea, therefore it is it's the right thing. Mm-hmm. And um, and he didn't respond for a long time, and I just kept waiting and, and praying. And after a while, I did have a sense of like, yeah, you just go forward and trust me. 
And that really was something that for the next few years was a big deal because there were several times where I was just struggling of like, is this really where I'm supposed to be? And trying to, to make sense, uh, and a lot of it, again, was was finances. Um, I had, um, the, my, my parents had the money for me to go for the first year. And again, because I wasn't an American, I was coming from another country of Canada, I had to verify that the funds were available up front. I didn't have to pay it all, but it, it had to be there and, and verified through the bank. And then I didn't know how to pay for all of the rest of the time. And I'd, I'd go home to Canada during summers and I'd work at a grapevine nursery, mm-hmm. which was a whole nother fun experience for like, I am the vine, you are the branches uh-huh. and having some of that spent time spent in, in just tending to shoots and grafting things. Um, but I'd come away at the end of that summer with about $3,000 and I'd be going into a semester, not a year, which costs 10. And it was this thing. I'm like, this isn't difficult. This is dumb. This is just dumb. You can't purchase something that costs $10 with three. Mm. And you can't purchase a semester of school that costs $10,000 with $3,000. What am I doing? Lord, is this what you want me to do? And and his response was, for years, with, with me going through the same thing, what did I tell you the last time? I'm like, well, but the last time would I, I asked, you told me, what did I ask you? What did I tell you the last time? And and the time before that, that you're referring to, you, you said, what did I tell you? And what you're saying is way back when I was still in Texas and I asked, like, should I, should I do this? Is this what you really want? You said, yeah, go forward and trust me. But this is years later now, Lord. <laughs> and him basically saying, like, look, I haven't changed my mind. Mm. I can communicate when you need to. I know that you're stubborn. And I know that you can be pig-headed about things. And I know these things because I made you. Mm. And so, if I have said something, you can rest in that. Unless there's something that comes up and, and contradicts my word, you can rest and trust that I continue to guide you. And um, <laughs> and in that, like with the, the whole financial side, it was, it was comedic because I wasn't an American, so I couldn't apply for FAFSA, which is financial aid something for American students. Um, I just wasn't eligible to apply for it. And trying to work while I was at school, I I also wasn't an American, so I could not, I was not permitted to go and get a job at a gas station or a Starbucks or anything like that. And it was this, pardon, it was this, this ridiculous thing of, of being on campus and kind of being prevented from from working for money in any kind of legal fashion mm-hmm. and just trying to figure out like well how is this going to happen and then my roommate ended up coming back if you remember Jira Cox oh yeah um, sure he had gone and talked to the the computer guys because of you know he's having these kinds of network issues and um, he's one of the, the the techiest geeks that I know and they tried to, to pawn off some high level explanation of like well you see the little goblins that work inside of your computer they weren't really agreeing and he came back to them with some explanation of like well have you tried like and it was something like you know have you made sure that your DNS server is actually like speaking correctly and the, um, the guy in charge of the department kind of looked back and was like are you interested in a job <laughs> So he suddenly, you know, he went to report some issue that he's experienced and he came back with a job yeah. and he's like, you should work here. I'm like, I, I, 
I mean, I can touch a computer and I can get it, I can fool it into doing what I want it to, but I'm not that good. He's like, no, no, you'll be fine. I'll, I'll help you out. Okay. And so suddenly, without realizing that the opportunity was there, I had a job on campus. And I had a boss who would prompt me and be like, when are your classes? We're going to work around what your schedule is. Mm. I was like, bruh, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, how do you find that? And, and the Lord brought it. It was an incredible blessing. And it wasn't yeah. my fault. Like, I, I didn't make sure. I didn't secure these things. Um, and then it was later on as well where the... Um, the um, the the gentleman who was in, in charge of financial aid um, approached me and and um, said that there is a scholarship that had come available. It was only available to Canadians, and it had become available because the the student that had previously benefited from it weren't they weren't returning and and would I like it? It would pay for the rest of my college, and I said, yeah, mm. of course, and. Um, and it was another thing where I'm like, but, you know, and, and I, in my mind, looking at what the, what the circumstances were, I had determined that it, it would be difficult to, to actually get through all of this because I didn't see how it would work out. And so, because I didn't see how it would work out, I, I was convinced that it was going to be an uphill struggle. And instead, before I was even done with college, it was paid for. That, that's not a normal experience. People, people don't come back from college talking about how it's already paid for. And that's like, that is a privilege that I didn't secure for myself. And, um, and I'm so grateful for it. That's, this is kind of getting ahead of the story, but that's also why, um, I was able to, to come on staff here is because normally if you've got a student loan for a Canadian, if I understand it correctly, and if, if I misunderstand it, apologies to everyone who's terrified. <laughs> but from what I understood was, as a Canadian, if I had a bunch of student loans, I would be required to go home and pay them off before being able to be back in the States. And so, I was able to, um, I was able to, um, what was the, there was a, it, it was like a, extension of whatever it was that you studied um, was the um, was the visa that I had instead of okay. a student visa and that's what enabled me to, to actually come and work here on staff which normally I, I would have been like prevented from border control would have been like no we, we know that you owe money and you need to settle this before you can just go floating around the country again um, and so many there were so many things there where I, I'm, I'm so grateful for the professors that I had um, because of while talking about all this, like, in, in some ways, hoity-toity, over-complicated, over-spiritual things, right? Things that the Lord meant for absolutely everyone to be able to receive with, without even literacy, and there, there are ways where Bible school and college can completely overcomplicate things if, if we just get so caught up in how it, it needs to be difficult. You know, if, if you're working and if you're getting a degree, then it has to be hard. Mm. And a lot of ways, it is. There is effort and there's, there's papers that you have to write. There's work. And yeah, yeah and, and there's a way of, of grading that and saying like, no, the paper you wrote is not different. It's wrong. <laughs> like what you're saying here, that's not supported from scripture. You need to go back and read some of this some more. But there are so many professors that I had that in the middle of a curriculum and study, they, they made sure to, 
to have their students be aware that we are not talking about dead history, but that this is very much about what the Lord Jesus has done for us. And the most amazing one that I remember was um, Cliff Bedell, when he taught, I think it was Romans or Hebrews, and he had announced at the beginning of the year, um, you know, you're going to have tests, and there's going to be a quiz. And one of the quizzes that I gave is going to be a surprise quiz. So, I'm not going to tell you when it is. It's just, it will happen. And it just so happened in the middle of a busy week, and I wasn't ready for it. And so, he's like, yep, so today's that surprise quiz, and it's just the whole room. And it seemed, and I, I believe that the Spirit was probably working at a bunch of people's lives to make sure that they were caught off guard. <laughs> because there was just this sense of like, oh, no, not this again. Like, one more thing now. Mm-hmm. And he explained, he said, this is going to be a pass-fail you either get all of it right, or you you will get zero. So relax on this. Yeah. So <laughs> calm down, and then like just ratcheting up the tension some more. Yeah. He said, but now here's the other part of it. I'm going to give you all of the answers, mm. and the whole point. And and he said the the reason that I do this is because we need to appreciate that Jesus paid it all. Mm. And with all of you students focused on grades and performance to, to remember that Jesus doesn't accept a partial grade from us, that his expectation is holiness. Mm -hmm. And the reason that sin is a problem is because it violates his nature. Mm -hmm. It is not different. It is wrong. It is evil and it is vile. And such were we. Mm -hmm. And he died that that issue might be resolved and addressed. And the same way that I am giving you the answers, and I am doing the work, and you cannot claim, you cannot go away and say, I passed that grade all on my own. Yeah, that's Because wow, that's I great. am giving you this, I am giving you the answers, I'm mm-hmm. giving you the solution. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in one way, it was just a silly quiz. But there, like I, as a you know, adult man, I was having a really hard time holding back tears at just at the impact of, and this simple way that, um, what does it mean to receive grace was, was illustrated in the middle of a class where I was trying to make sure that like I was doing word studies correctly and mechanical layouts and and things that I enjoyed. And that really did help me with, you know, reading and thinking about scripture and the way that all of it is God breathed and all of the the different books written by different people under the influence of the Holy Spirit throughout this huge range of time, how it all does fit together and the incredible depth and Mm. illustrations prepared for things that would happen later and all of it pointing to Christ. I I appreciated these these study tools and and methods. Sure. But there's lots of times where you just get so focused in the minutia and you, you, you fail to think about... I have a God, mm. and it really is not of my own, so that I can't boast. And there's a there's a beautiful simplicity in all of that. That sometimes, and that's not. I'm I'm, I'm harping on Bible school because that's just a, a time in my life that we're relating to. But that that will happen at at any stage. Well, that's yeah. I'm glad you said that because you know we want we want to encourage you know each other. We want to encourage the listeners. You know, as mm-hmm. parents and, yeah, and students. You know, workers, 
business owners, whatever situation they find themselves in, yeah, is to it's just simply to remind them of you know whose they are. Yeah, you know, you, you belong to to God. You know, if you've placed your faith in Christ, you belong to God. You are His. Yeah, and you know all that we're talking about here. I uh, while you were. Uh, talking here, I was looking this up because it just reminded me of what God said to Moses. You know, when they're up against the Red Sea, Pharaoh's yeah. coming down on them, yeah. and they're you know that's a very real, tough situation to be facing there. Yeah. You know, and and then the Lord just says to him, He says, uh, "Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward." Yeah, and you think, "Well, wait a minute, go forward." Yeah, that God. <laughs> yeah, what, what? How am I equipped to do this? Exactly. Lord? Yeah. Point, point to my qualifications. Yeah. I am. I my training is. I am a slave, and I can make bricks. There's no straw and there's no clay, and I'm pretty sure the Egyptians aren't going to wait for me to build a fortress over here. And I definitely don't know how to build a bridge over the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. So, I don't have the answers to the exam. I didn't know it was going to be today. Yeah. I'm not prepared. Yeah. But they didn't. They didn't do that though. Instead, they, you know, Moses said, go, you know, turn around, let's go. Yeah. And again, almost like God knows what he's doing. I mean, if he can, if, if he can blow a path into the Red Sea, and I was reading something one time that said in order for that many people, we estimate it could be about 3.5 million mm-hmm. that part of, took part of the Exodus. And, you know, if you've watched the Cecil B. DeMille's Moses, like I have, Many times. I love it. You know, we have this vision of a narrow path. Couldn't have been. Yeah. For that many people to get across in one night, they figure it had to be at least three miles wide. Yeah. And so for that to happen, what an incredible thing for us to see and be reminded of. Yeah. That if God can do that, this exam... It's not really a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think that's also the that's the that's the value of the crisis is 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 what does it actually mean to the individual who's going through it? Because there's so many things I can step back, especially with my kids and the things that they're worried about. It's easy for me to step back at, and say, "I'm not impressed with what you're struggling with," and I don't care. Mm. Goodbye. Mm. Like you deal with it. I did. You'll figure it out, <laughs> right? But there's no compassion in that, right? But but to to have and you really wouldn't want to do that because no. you're their father. You yeah. love them. Yeah, and it's. I think that's so much of of wanting them to to experience things correctly and wanting them to experience things without fear. And that, obviously, I'm not going to say, like, yeah, go play with these wild dogs. It'll be fine. But if there is something where I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is this is fine. Swimming, I think, is, is a great example. Mm-hmm. There are some of those kids that just love it. And there are some kids that, like, getting them to the water is hard. Yeah. That that first little bit at the... We, we did swim lessons for a while. And that, that jump into the pool really, <laughs> yeah. really shows different personality types. And it the does. ones who struggle with it. Because, like... Even though they don't fully understand the danger that they might be in, they understand part of it, and that that fear and and overcoming that that, that is a important step for them to then actually just being able to enjoy splashing around in the water, mm. and that's the experience I want them to have, and I don't want them to be to be stuck in that fear. 
And a lot of it is that, well, what's the answer? Like, you got to jump. Like, you actually have to. Like, here's, here's something that makes complete sense to your feelings right now. Throw yourself bodily from the edge of this thing. Mm-hmm. It, no, that's not what I want to do. I understand. But you're going to have to, you're going to have to take everything that you perceive and you're going to have to contrast that with who it is that's asking you to jump. And can you trust? And there's so many times where, where Doss and I will tell the kids, like, can you trust mommy and daddy? Can you? And, and it's, it's, it's this, like, we're not going to debate everything that you're trying to bring up. Like, that conversation is closed. Can you trust us? And it's very much shifting their focus and their attention because their attention is on everything and how things can go wrong. And I'm, I'm great at doing that. Sure. And I really have to take those thoughts captive mm. and, and to admit that, yeah, like this is really what's going on, but are you in control here, Lord? Yes. You, you have said that you're with me and I don't need to wonder. Mm. I know that you are with me because you have said it. Like it is, it is actually as simple as that. It is. And now, however, you, I want you, Lord, to actually do what it is that you have planned. Mm. Not my will, but yours be done. And, and the only time that that seems like a bad idea is when we're really just too focused in ourselves. And when we are convinced at how amazing we are, that we have our own wisdom and our own strength, and that we know the only way that things can be done and I think one of that's, again, from going through, through Bible college is spending all this time reading scripture and then, you know, you're at a, at a place with all these other believers and everyone's studying the Bible and then you're still struggling with sin. Well, that, that needs to, like, hang on, we need to be done with mm-hmm. this now. This is a little bit immature. And, like, why is that still possible? How can this still be? And it's usually never anything new. It's usually the same thing that I always struggle with. And, and why? And should this not stop? This should stop. Why should this stop? Why do I say that? Because that would be the best thing. Then why, then why didn't the Lord think of that? Well, how come making it impossible for me to sin, how come, if that is the best thing, why didn't he think of that? He should have. But, but if he's God, then he should have thought of it. So what if, is it this that I'm wrong? And then, of course, the thought is like, no, I can't be wrong because I know better. Well, well, hang on. If there is something better, he would have done it. But what did he do? He sent his son. Mm -hmm. He sent his son to die for me. But, and it, and it really just comes down to so much of the, the, the thorn in the flesh, this, this habitual, continual returning thing that I struggle with. Why is it valuable because of the completed work of Jesus, whatever it is, it does not remove me from intimacy with God. Mm. And that is, that is the whole purpose. And I think that's something, th- this was something that occurred to me while, while watching Castaway, of all things, with Tom Hanks. And it's this fun Robinson Crusoe retelling. My wife and I have been listening to Robinson Crusoe on, on um books on tape, and it's way better. I forgot how good Robinson Crusoe is because there's a whole narrative there about his repentance mm. and coming to know the Lord, which is wonderful in the way that it's worded. But uh, So, I'm watching Castaway, and, and there's a section where he's in effectively solitary confinement, 
and he finds a volleyball and the volleyball Wilson becomes his friend. And then you go through all of this and you've got, you know, musical scores, you know, pulling at your emotions and, and, um, and this heart wrenching moment when a volleyball floats away from him and he is unable to save an inanimate object and you grieve, Mm. you grieve. And it's, and it's this thing of like, well, why? And I think so much of it is, is that, that captures something, not, not everything, but that captures an important part about how we've been made in the image of God, which is that God, before creating anything, was triune and has always been. And something that we think, and then I think just like this podcast recording is like, there's just some guys sitting around and, and talking. We are interacting relationally. Well, big deal. But that is, that is, that that is the Trinity is the father and the son and the spirit in union with one another. And I think there's so much of, of that, which is reflected in humanity. Again, this isn't everything of being created in the image of God, but I think it's such an important part of being created in the image of God that we have the ability for relationship. And the significance of that is just in solitary confinement. If, if relationship isn't a big deal, then being alone for ages and ages shouldn't be a punishment, but it is, and it's horrible. And it is, and it is so much of that in Hebrews when it talks about the Lord Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. What is the joy? The joy set before him is not dealing with sin. The joy set before him is dealing with sin so that we might be restored. And that, that innate nature of, of God to to be with himself themself um that that is something that we have a a unique place in all of creation that we share that and so often as we don't have the the awareness or the ability to appreciate it and that's that's even in that like his love that we're not we're not chastised for like you need to be more grateful for for this this kind of abstract concept of interacting relationally with one another it's it's not in the forefront of our minds when we just go and hang out because it is supposed to be a natural and and simple and beautiful expression of just just being and and how it reflects what we've been created for mm-hmm. and and by extension the the rest that we're meant to know that we're meant to experience is is to come from the relationship we have with our God, the security of that, and the the implication of of eternal security and confidence, and and how many things flow out of that mm. when um, when we actually get through all of the things that trouble us and concern mm. us. They they are there and they are valuable and they are useful when they drive us to God, because that is the the answer to whatever it is that's happening it it is not a promise of the of the problem ending but it is the answer Mm. well i'll tell you what in the time that we have left uh you've referenced several times dos and the kids yes uh why don't you just talk a little bit and these next 10 minutes, I guess, about how you and Hadassah ended up getting together, and uh, and then tell us a little bit about your kids and and just what the Lord's doing in your heart, and, and for you guys too as a whole. You're all in a, a new setting, you're do, things yeah. have changed for you as a family, so tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yeah, so I was a second-year student when I met my wife on her first day of being a student, um, Hadassah Ruth Granger, as she was then known 
And um, she was and is the first girl that when I saw her for the first time, I was actually speechless and just stuck and stunned in this moment of wow. And the next thought that I had was, you should probably do something because you're staring. <laughs> and, um, and that large man with her is probably her dad by all accounts. Um, so I felt really foolish about that. And, and um, uh, they asked something about where the girl's dormitory was. And I was like, oh, it's, it's over that way and, and made sure they were heading in the right direction. And, and then my thought after that was, Lord, if, if it is possible for me to get to know her more, I would love that. But if by me wanting that, I can't, then I don't want to, so that maybe I can get to know her anyway. It's just this, like... You this, don't want to mess this prayer this, up. <laughs> yeah, like this three-year-old Machiavelli trying to figure out how to communicate to the Lord what he already knows. And um, so her first year at Bible school um, was the first time that she met me. I was some Canadian um, with wild, bushy hair and, and wearing socks and Birkenstocks. So I was, uh, yeah, I was on the cover of Vogue. And I was just, uh, yeah, I was a fashion mess. Um, a little better now. And um, we got to know each other and just really enjoyed hanging out and spending time. And there are so many ridiculous ways that we we, we clicked and and hanging out with her was more normal than anything else mm. um the, one of my favorite things of like wow i think i'm hoping she is the one was when we were apropos of just randomness talking about like pajamas like what would be a great pajama pattern and i was like oh yeah you know i was just thinking like like a dark blue like a deep navy blue pattern and on top of that red and both at the same time we said pomegranates and it's just like who and, and just this it was silly but it was so special to both of us that like who says pomegranates at the same time as somebody else like what you hear hooves and you think of zebras why um so yeah it was just it was an incredible thing to to get to know her and then um asking her dad if he would be okay with me dating his daughter and him saying no and just being floored and just, but why? And, and him saying, is like, well, like, you know, this isn't anything against you. I think you're great, but you know, you're from Canada and you know, she's in Texas. She's going to be here for a little bit longer, at least with school. And you're heading to South Carolina and it's nothing against you. It's just, we don't know what the Lord has for you or where you're going to be. And right now for me to give you permission to, to court my daughter, when it looks like you're just heading away not that you are, but we just, we don't know. So, no, I don't think that's, that's the right thing to do. Mm. And, and like, and I said, well, so then, then <laughs> what does that mean? He's like, well, you're going to have to be friends for a while and you're going to have to be okay with that. And, um, and we were friends um, and we were, we were officially not dating in quotes, not and dating altogether. <laughs> and, um, it was, yeah, I, when people would ask, I was like, oh, is, is that your girlfriend? I was like, n n no. I'm like, that should be a binary answer. It should either be yes or no. And I was like, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like um, we're on layaway. We just haven't been picked up yet. <laughs> it's just like there is a commitment to date when it becomes possible, 
Um, but how many years were you in quotes not dating? We were, uh, I think it was two or three. Uh, All together, we knew each other for seven years before we actually got married. Um, which I knew was, there was a holy number in there. Which somewhere. was a there was a long, <laughs> long time, um, and um, yeah. So we we got married in two thousand and eleven. Yeah, here and, in comfort. Yeah, down at the the Haven River Inn, yep. um, at the river itself, which was a whole other adventure getting all that stuff set up. But um, Dad officiated the wedding. The same man who said, "No, you may not date my daughter." Um, and, um, and even that was a blessing. I, so I can say I did premarital counseling with my father-in-law, which some people may think that's terrifying. Um, but it was a great, great blessing. And, and I remember one of the things that he, that he said that he started off with was marriage has never created a single problem, but it has exposed the problems that you bring with you into wow. the marriage. Yeah, that's great. And as, as a way of, of, of saying, like, you are committing to something that you cannot keep. It's not difficult. It is impossible. Like, you are committing to love and honor my daughter, and it takes Jesus to do that. Mm. You do not delude yourself in thinking that, thinking that you can figure it out. Mm. Um, and it's true. There, there are so many things that when you're single, they're not a problem. And then when you get married, it's just suddenly like why would anyone be offended by this i've been alone my whole life and no one's been bothered by all these horrible habits that i have before and that that coming together and and suddenly having to to wrestle through and and realize that there are things that have been true for me for years that i haven't realized Mm. and um and having Jesus in a marriage is a incredible blessing. All of the issues and the things that you have to work through, those don't go away. But you have a common hope and you have a provision. And um, and that is, and that's also with parenting. So to to I guess kind of wrap up, we have three kids. Um, so my my wife is Hadassa. The short form of that is that she goes by Doss, and I'm Lugi. So Lugi and Doss have children, and we um, we didn't want to invent names. We wanted real names that are like historical and have been around, but we didn't want anything common. Um, despite all the people being like, "Well, don't pick a weird name because you know that'll be hard on the kids," and we we're both looking at them going. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll they'll walk it off. Yeah, tell Lugie that he's going to have a hard time with a weird name. Um, so our children are Emrys, Idris, and Fenella. Uh, Emrys Havelock is our oldest son. Um, in order to find his name, we tried to go through all the baby name books, and we couldn't find anything that we settled on because we wanted that that first name middle name combination to to work. So. Um, Emrys is a, it's a Welsh form of Ambrose. Uh, Emrys means immortal and Havelock means sea battler. So he is the immortal sea battler for a suitably heavy metal album concept <laughs> for a child. Um, and then Idris is, uh, Idris Cadigan, uh, Cadigan spelled with a W because again, it's Welsh mm-hmm. and all phon- phonics don't necessarily apply in the English language. Um, Idris means fiery Lord and Cadigan means glorious in battle. And then, um, Fenella is our daughter. Um, Fenella means, um, fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ruth is a, 
um, a family name on my wife's side. Um, so I think Fenella is the, the third or fourth middle name Ruth, and Ruth meaning friend. Mm. So it is lovely fair or lovely friend. You know, if you, uh, if you don't know the Regeers or haven't been back uh, in a while, just to throw something in here, these, these three children are just precious. And they're often on Sunday mornings, because we attend the same church, uh, on Sunday mornings they can often be a highlight for us. We'll, sometimes we pull into the parking lot at the same time and we'll hear, Hi! And and look over and it's it's one of one of them seeing us and they'll all run over and say hi and yep. and uh, you know the boys are in ties and 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 Fenella's got her dress on and, oh, yeah. and there's hugs and you know shaking hands and and questions and it's it's just yeah, they're, they're they're really neat kids and also uh, we've enjoyed going out to your place for visits uh, you guys live. Uh, you were in Bernie, Soldier Place, and you moved between here and Centerpoint. I guess your mailing address is Centerpoint. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but you, you've got some acreage. Uh, you you remodeled your house and still in the process of that uh, slowly, and uh, and also doing some hobby farming. There's a <laughs> yeah. lot of stuff going on there. So your your days are busy. Yeah. And on top of that, you're still working full time. Yep. But you get to work from home. Yeah, which is is. It is weird living in the future yeah. where this is a thing that you can do. But yeah, we are on just under 20 acres. We've got a dozen chickens. We've got uh, 16 sheep now. Um, seven of those are lambs. And we have two cows. Uh, we have a our dairy cow, Molly. Um, so in addition to making sure that the cedar doesn't overgrow the land and making sure that the the pump house works in the well and, and that the, the various animals that we have, we also milk twice a day in the morning. Um, so I am literally living through that experience that my dad told me about when he was a kid of you wake up, you go milk, you come back inside and then the sun comes up. That's, <laughs> that's actually become part of my normal experience now. <laughs> and then I, I sit down and I do computer things for most of the day and I answer emails and I talk about event lifecycle processing and, and metadata updates and, and all this kinds of weird computer electronic plumbing. And, um, and then I finish and I go down and I cut trees and I, I <laughs> shovel a bunch of cow manure so that the flies don't get too bad. And I make sure that the new baby lambs are healthy and, and um, yeah, it is, it is an incredible blessing. And my wife works so very hard with all of that with um, if, if, if you've never had a cow and if you've just gone to the store your whole life for milk, like I have, um, you can get about like a gallon per milking. So you get sometimes at least two gallons a day. So you have 14 gallons of milk and, I, and I've kept a record. I think we've gotten like 140 gallons now wow. of milk since mid January when we first got her. Yeah, so talk about how hard she works. Uh, she and Idris showed up at our house a couple of weeks ago. I hear, I, I didn't know she was, we were working on something. I hear clump, clump, clump. I look up and here comes Doss in her rubber boots, yep. clopping down the driveway, carrying milk. Yeah. And Idris right behind, right behind her. Yep. And I, you know, that's, I think it's awesome. But for those of you who knew Doss when she was a student and to think of her farming now, it, you know, you may not, you may have a hard time envisioning that yeah. but uh she's doing it she's doing it very gracefully and she's uh she's a great mom she's a great on top wife. of on top of homeschooling yeah. mm -hmm. and and work with the co-op and, and and everything 
And all of this, what you've been telling us, you know, life's changed a lot for you guys. But for all yeah. of this, you're, you're, what you're telling us is that you have Jesus for all of this. And, yeah. and, and without him, all of this would just be a lot of... <laughs> It would be a lot of stuff and, yeah. and so much of it I would have quit on. Like mm. there are there are regular times where, where Doss and I look at each other and go, two years ago, would we have done this? Mm. And, and practically now, like t- talking to myself in high school, hey, you're going to have a great life in a bunch of years. You're going to be getting up at 630 and you're probably going to be done work at 8 a.m.? No, p.m. Are you nuts? No, absolutely not. And and that like that's kind of a, a normal day for us sometimes. Yeah. But it's such a blessing, and I can't figure out why I think it is such a blessing. Like, it is things that the Lord has done while I wasn't expecting it. And, and me having ideas of, well, what would be possible? We, we, were, we were hoping when we moved to get something that was maybe three acres. And we, we never thought we would have a huge chunk of property. And there's a whole other thing about how the Lord made that possible um, to where like, he definitely brought us through some difficult times to, to convince us. Like, you do not keep yourself here. When you look around, you know where this blessing came from. Mm. You are not your source. You don't maintain this. I, I have a responsibility of stewardship. I'm not confused about that. Um, but I, don't, I do not keep my family safe. Mm. I, I, I go forward with whatever the next job is. But um, it is not to make sure that we are forever protected and cozy. Um, there, there's, there's a weird way that, like, there's, there's a lot of this American dream that we are experiencing. And, but it's not something that, you know, I got there because I made sure that I would get there. It, it, a lot of it feels just this day-by-day thing where suddenly I find myself kind of like college. Like, I, I didn't make sure that my college was was paid for but the lord definitely did and i can't i can't give anyone else credit because nobody else knew the needs that i had and nobody else knew what we were looking for with the house and like it is simply that it is a um it is a it is an absolute gift Mm. yeah that's great that's great lugie i appreciate the time that you've given us and uh, we're going to take a break now so the listeners understand what's happening. We're going to take a break and then let Lugie record a devotion that we'll be posting in a couple of weeks. So you can be uh, be watching for that. Lugie, thank you very much. Appreciate you thank being you. here and being so clear about our um, just how good our God is mm-hmm. in Christ and how faithful He is. So thanks for this time. Thank you for listening to the His Hill podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed tuning in for part two of Lugie's testimony and that you were encouraged by what the Lord has done in his life. You've been listening to the His Hill podcast featuring our host, Kelly Doherty, along with Lugie Regeer. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I'm Lizzie. See you next week.